may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and... It's a very special view from the ninny this week As we're a week away from the season started It's new season week in the championship So that means we've got a lot to look forward to and a lot of disappointment to come But we'll try and make this a positive pod And joining me as usual to make it a positive pod Ben Price and Tom Phillips. Ben Price, um, are you positive? Not COVID or any other tests, but in general. Well, it could be anything. That's in, why it's an open-ended in life, question. Right. In life, I'm very positive right now, yeah. Great. Tom? Yes, very positive. All, all positives. All, yeah, all positive from me. Um, yeah, I'm very positive as well. I think people are sensing that this might be a positive pod. But let's start with the negatives, Ben. The Shrewsbury game, uh, that was last week midweek I can't even remember the hottest day of the year we had to move the game to 8pm to allow everything to cool off and I think it showed didn't it Ben yeah I've never seen a football game that can be summed up in it's hot in it might be too yeah. hot that literally summed up the entire game the fans were knackered and they were some some people saying they were a bit pissed I think it was all sunstroke I think it's sunstroke <laughs> yeah and the players were just dying so yeah um yeah, it just happened. Move on. Just get out of the way. It was fitness. And we can see why they had to move the Qatar World Cup to December. Yeah. Because it's going to be hotter than that. People are going to die. Well, that's very positive, Ben. Very positive there. Tom, um, talking about the Shrewsbury game, I think let's let's spend a little bit longer than than what Ben wants to spend on it. But let's talk about the first 25 minutes. Um, that opening 25 minutes, you looked really good, didn't we? Yeah, I thought we looked pretty sharp. Um, I think with Campbell and Ojo down that one side as well, we had a bit of, it was quite lively, stringing a few passes together, taking people on. And then I think, yeah, after the 25-minute mark, like everyone said, I think the game was pretty much over at that point. Nothing really happened. Mm -hmm. We had some bright sparks towards right at the end of the game as well when we tried to actually win it. But that bit in between, I think, obviously, people don't want to push themselves too hard in pre-season and conditions like that and doing any damage. And yeah, it, it really did show. You know, there was, you could see that people weren't going for balls they'd normally chase down. There was just a lack of energy, like, yeah, on the pitch, off the pitch. And I went into the game quite excited, like, looked at the team, like, and then, yeah, within 20 minutes or so, it was like, actually, I don't blame them for kind of easing off. Yeah. It's an absolute nightmare. Um, ben, talking about those bright sparks, it's ironic Tom used those words because it was about Sparky Harris. Um, he came on, he, looked good until he could shoot is that fair yeah. to say yeah he's if you give him more than like a second to work out what he's going to do he never seems to be able to finish does he give him an instant like instinctive sort of through ball one touch finish and the bloke seems to put more away for fun mm. but just yeah the clear cut sort of one-on-one -on -one things he I, I can't think it was a problem last season as well um it's a real shame because i think if he had that he'd have like a really strong all-around game to him and he'd get a lot more deserving praise to be honest because I think a lot of fans are a bit harsh on him but um yeah it was a frustrating one to watch for, for once was annoying twice you're like oh my days this is mental but that, I think that's the annoying thing about it the first chance was an instinctive one and they're the ones you expect him to put away I know like I don't think you expect him to get past the defender but yeah. as a striker you should and I think that was the annoying one. They're the ones that he does finish. The one later on, it felt inevitable, didn't it? Like, as soon as he'd, he'd done yeah. the hard work, one of them with the keeper and just hit this straight at him. And, like, you sat there, you're not convinced. And, like, you know, any other striker, you're kind of thinking, there's a goal coming here. 
at no point was like like ready to get off my seat or anything. You just knew it was going to go straight at the keeper. Game over. Happy days. But from the negatives comes the positive, Tom, and that is the Swindon game. Um, it was my first time seeing Cardiff in the flesh in pre-season. Um, I watched it on TV, but it was first time I seen in flesh. And for me, Tom, I was it's your first time, I assume, as well, unless you've been to a different game that I hadn't been to. Um, I was really impressed with the way we controlled the game. I know it was against Swindon, but I think my overarching arching impression was that we just had control over the game. We played it on our terms and we dictated the tempo by controlling possession. And that's very different to what we've seen for Cardiff in recent years, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Like, I haven't seen a Cardiff kind of that type of performance in years. You know, people were out there. They, they knew their roles, but they were also fluid with it. It wasn't just like, you know your role, you stay where you are. They, they know they've got this freedom. But for a team that have only just been put together, if one person goes, someone covers, you know, there's that kind of fluidity to the play. Mm-hmm. We're always looking to go forward. We're always looking to keep the ball. We're not, you know, we play very, very few long balls. And there's that confidence there to keep the ball at the feet. And, you know, I think you'll bite us on the arse in the odd game, but it's so good to see us try and get the ball down, play a bit of football. And to be honest, you could feel it in the stands that people just appreciated it. Yeah. Like even when the ball was going back to the keeper every now and again, you get a ripple of applause because they haven't just lumped it 50 yards. So I think there was that general buzz around the fans because it, it, it was pretty good to watch from start to finish. Um, Ben, the two players that kind of stood out for me were, were Rinomoto and Sawyers in the middle of the park. Um, you know, they both seem to just control play and pass it around effortlessly. Sawyers in particular, there were moments where he's flicking it over players' heads. I think one of the third goal, I think it was, came over from a, a moment in the middle of the park where he flicked it over his own and a defender's head and got on the end of it. Um, they're unlike players we've had in recent years, aren't they? Because they are cultured, technically good, and they can follow it through with it, footballers. Yeah, they're exactly what we've been needing for a long time. Uh, they're players that aren't passive. They'll dictate play and they'll put pressure yeah. on. I think the criticism from midfield for a long time has been you look at Pack, you look at Volks, you look at someone like Bakuna in the past. They're very passive. The ball comes to them, they'll get to it, but they're not ones to push the play mm-hmm. and be on the press. And this, these two players show exactly what we can expect from the Steve Morrison team this season. The press is there. You look at what Eli King said about like the physicality and determination, the fitness to press teams going forward, and that's what they want to do this year. It was encapsulated with those two players um, at the Swindon game, just full on. They must have been knackered afterwards because they didn't stop for 90 minutes. Yeah. It wasn't 100% intensity the whole time, but it was very, very hard work, a long, long time. So, yeah, it's, they're going to really excite fans. And sort of give they, they do what you want a midfielder to do. So you say that it wasn't 100% intensity, even if that's 80%, then they've still got oh, a gear they... to go up through. And there's more There's more to come from them, isn't there? Which is even more exciting. Yeah, that's part of the, yeah, I think that's a good point is that I'm really excited about is, yeah, you can see there's more there. You can see that Sawyers has had he's two, three weeks behind on pre-season because he came in yeah, late. Yeah. Rinomata came in quite early, but um, I think he had a bit of a knock the first couple of weeks. It's just, yeah, these players are going to build up. They're going to connect. They're going to find rhythm. It's going to be stop-start at times for these players to begin with. But when it clicks, I think it's going to be really, really fun. And we're going to really, really surprise people. Tom, we, we scored four goals. Um, I think only one of them we could say was um, uh, not a bad goal, but it came from the keeper's mistake, which really matter. But again, it came from the high press. But all of the other goals were real goals of quality, weren't they? I think 
Um, Waters' goal was a lovely play by Dowda. He cut it back and Waters was getting right where he should have been. It was almost instinctive where, where Dowda put the ball. Um, the, the the Wintel goal came from really nice play in the middle of the park and there was a like, Waters put him through, finished it. The, the the Ojo goal came from a Harris through ball, which was perfectly weighted. It's We're not just getting it wide and putting crosses in anymore. We're playing through the middle and we're, we're making these spaces. It's The goals were of high quality. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And you get more excited about those type of goals as well. And, you know, you said Odawda's play for Waters' goal was great, but the ball from Sawyer's to find him in the first yes. place as well was fantastic. Um, weirdly, I still think we weren't that clinical. I think Swindon, scored more. Swindon was awful. But like, and I think that's the one worrying thing. I know a, a game where you scored four goals, you shouldn't be moaning about how clinical you are. But I think that may cost us every now and again. But the builder plays fantastic. Like, like I said earlier on, we're just looking to go forward all the time. And they're not even necessarily miracle balls. They just know where the runners are going. They know where the space is. And they've already kind of got that telepathy, which I didn't think they'd have. Mm. And it's really, really encouraging. And I think, like like you mentioned, Waters' goal. I think, I thought he was brilliant. I think he's an absolute shithouse as well. Like he's, every time he the ball does all the time. All the time. The ball doesn't come to him. He's moaning. He's putting little niggly challenges into people. And he just looks like he's got an absolute strop on all the time. And it's just... It's great to see someone who just wants the ball that much and wants to score that badly. And I really, really hope he comes good because I, I I really liked his intensity yesterday. Yeah, and and talking about intensity, Ben, up, up on the wings now, we've got Ojo and Odauda. Um, I think there's there's two different kind of types of players there. Ojo is very direct, will run at you. Odauda is a bit more steady, um, but still got lovely play to him. Is that a good balance to have in the front three when you've got people like Tanner who can still come off the bench and provide something different again? Yeah, you need options, don't you? You can't have two wingers that are exactly the same or four wingers that are exactly the same. You need options. You need sometimes it's going to be a game that suits Ojo that's not quite, you don't need someone down the line sort of blistering pace like Tanner would bring. You want someone that's got a bit more culture that can carry the ball, run with the ball and sort of exploit the space, but not probably not as quick, probably as quickly. Um, yeah, it's just options out wide and they look really, really good. Ojo especially looked really really comfortable and confident on the ball mm-hmm. and just really really enjoyable to watch because he's a um talented player um the commentary was interesting they were sort of talking about people sort of make out that he's a blisteringly fast winger and he's not he's just a very very clever winger he's not got sheer sheer pace he's very quick but he's not like a flat out speed merchant and he's yeah. got that burst of pace that takes him past the player hasn't he first that- 10 yards he's very very gone yeah, you're not gonna, he's not gonna sort of, he's not a Kadeem Harris sort of winger, but no. just really, well, I mean, on the ball. no offense to Kadeem Harris, but all he had was pace, yeah. Um, and Josh Murphy, um, Tom, you've already talked about him. Um, Max Waters on the score sheet again, um, lovely goal. He got a couple of assists as well. Um, I think we'll talk about him during the season preview, but he's making a case to start, isn't he? Oh, 100 because if he hasn't got much else, um, and no, it, it, and it'd be great if he does come good because. That's the type of striker you want. Like, like you said, his goal, he kind of instinctively he arrived into the box at the right time for that ball from Odawda, struck it straight in the back of the net. And, you know, he seems a confident lad. Um, I, yeah, I, I've been really impressed with him in this preseason. And I really, really hope he does get a run out because I don't know, I've just got a, I've got a sneaky feeling that he'll surprise people. You know, we'll go on to the fans preview um, later on about like top scorers and some people are mentioning him, some people aren't. But if he's playing on a regular basis, I expect him to get a fair few goals for the season. He's popping up in the right spaces though, isn't he? That's 100%. the first goal. That's what I was going to say. Like 
perfect for him because he's not straight into the box expecting the ball to come to him. He's sort of waited to find that space and look where the ball's going to come. And that's what the best strikers do. That's how strikers sort of more sort of like the old sort of chopper. So Chopper did a lot of, he didn't always spend his time in the box. Sometimes he drift out and just wait for that little bit of space to go for the tap in. It's very clinical. It's very clever. You've got to read the game. You've got to be an intelligent player. And that's probably why he didn't get many goals for us on many chances last year is because yeah. the balls and the quality of the play wasn't there for him to find that space and exploit. It was very one dimensional. We know exactly where it's going. So do the defenders. So what can he do? What is for the Ballon d'Or then, I think is what we're trying to say. What a door. What a door. Um, ben, but it, what, you know, I think we, we can try and be as positive as we'd like, but there were a couple of errors for their goals. I think the goals are wholly avoidable. Um, I, you know, the first one, Kipre kind of runs himself into a bit of trouble, but I think if that was a competitive game, he probably would have murdered the guy with an absolute stonking challenge. You could see he kind of took the put off, foot off the gas. Eli King, he made a mistake, made up for the mistake, and then there was a deflection that took the ball in. Um, those things won't happen in, in real games, will they? I think they will, to be honest. I think the oh, new style... Ben, is, no. But it's not a problem, is it? Look, this new style and the new way of playing mistakes are going to happen, especially early on. So you can't really sort of... And I think that's... The fans have a big part to play this season in that is they can't get on fan players' backs right away with a couple of mistakes. Yeah. Things are new. This is an entirely new sort of progression in the club's history. So they've got to be patient. We've got to not give players grief if the ball goes back to the keeper five times. If a player misplaces a pass, we can't get on them straight away. We've got to be a lot more patient because look, there's a lot of things, especially for that first goal that annoyed me. You, you look at Collins, he probably should have got tighter to his man to not give him yeah. space to start with. Kipper, uh, Kipper as well, like I said, normally, if it's not a friend, he goes through the player. But they're preventable goals that I think, looking at the analysis this club does and the players and the coaches, they'll work on that and those mistakes will slowly be cut out. But... To begin with, look, these are the kind of goals I expect to give away a bit to start with. But if we're still doing it come March time, then you have to ask questions. Yeah. Um, we talked about him in within in the Shrewsbury friendly Tom, but I think it's important that we give him a bit of credit towards the end. Mark Harris came on um with lovely assist for um Ojo's goal, lovely weighted ball through to him. He's not a striker if he, if he doesn't score enough goals. Is he better off playing in a with slightly more withdrawn role, do you think, if we have two wingers bombing on a, a, alongside him? No, I think he is a striker. I just, he's not an effective one at times. I think, um, yeah, he, he hassles defenders, doesn't he? He doesn't give them any time on the ball whatsoever. You know, he wins the ball back high up the pitch. So he's ideal for this press that we're playing at the moment. Mm -hmm. I, I can't see him playing any deeper. I think he is a striker. I think we just have to hope that he finds his shooting boots. Because the thing is, right, like, he did have some run of games in the team, but it's, it's not like he's played 40 games in a row and things like that. He, he might benefit from this pre-season, you, know? he, he, you know. He's been involved in Wales camps and stuff now as well. Maybe if he gets a run of games, you know, gets a bit of, a bit of form going, perhaps he will become a little bit more consistent. But, no, I think he is a striker. It's just, we've, yeah, we've got to hope that he improves his, uh, yeah. Sort of more critical. Yeah. And he hasn't got long to do it because the season starts next Saturday. Um, first game of the season, 30th of July. I can't remember a season ever starting in July, obviously because of the World Cup. Um, we're home to Norwich. And I guess it's time, Ben, to talk about season previews, isn't it? It is. Excited. Yeah. You excited? I am, actually. Yeah. I can see it on your face. You look excited. <laughs> yes, for, the, for the listeners out there, he's smiling. He doesn't often smile. <laughs> <laughs> I would um, say that's true. What's that? Sorry? People would say that's harsh, but no, it's true. 
It's quite true, isn't it? Um, we put out a tweet. We'll run through the fans' tweets as well. But I guess to start with, boys, I'll come to you first, Ben. I want your four snap predictions on player of the season, disappointment of the season, where Cardiff will finish and who our top scorer is going to be. Top scorer, I think, is going to be uh, a striker that we're getting on loan. Okay. Um, which is hard to sort of predict. It's a bit of a shit out to sort of cop out. But I think any striker that comes in, I think will get goals. Was the next one? Sorry, just player of the season. I player think- of the season. Player of season, I think, is going to be Ryan Wintle. I think yeah. he looks so good, man. <laughs> he's he's, he's so, moving up from so the un- good. he's moving up from the underrated class to the rated class. Oh, I'm rating him highly. He was just everything good comes from that player. Isn't it? It's ridiculous, sort of how well he settled into this and sort of not let the start of his time at the club affect sort of where yeah. he is now. He's taken this chance and absolutely nailed it. Disappointment. It's going to sound weird because I picked him up when we signed a new contract. But I think it's going to be Joe Rawls. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at that midfield, how does he get into it? Sort of the way it is. Um, where does he fit in when he does come into it? It's going to be a difficult season for him. He's really going to have to come on leaps and bounds. And sorry, I forgot what the other one was. Where we'll finish in the league? I think we'll finish top half. I'll go tenth. Tenth. All right, Tom. Over to you. Player of the season, disappointment. Where Cardiff will finish and top scorer. Player of the season, I think, to be honest, like Wintle's probably a good shout. I'll, I'll just just to be slightly different, I'll go Sawyers. I think I think he's going to be absolutely integral to anything that we, we do well going forward. And I, I think he's got that bit of class about him that I'm really looking forward to seeing. Um, what was next, Ben? Real emotion, um, disappointment. Disappointment. Where finish and top scorer. Disappointment, I suppose, rather than go for a player, I think our disappointment would be, I think we'll tail off. I think we'll be in a really good position with about a month to go, and I think we'll we'll be in and around the playoffs. And I think we'll I think we'll struggle come the end of the season. Is my gut feeling? That'll be my disappointment. Um, what was next, Ben? Um, player, did we do player of the season? We've done that. Where we'll yeah. finish and top, top scorer. scorer. Top scorer. I, I'll go Waters because I, I I'm going to back him. I'm backing Max, but I think it's probably a sensible. Mighty Max. I think like it's probably a sensible shout from Ben saying that the striker comes in on loan, but I know I'll back Max and I'll stick with Plucky Eight because I think I think we will tail off and that's how we'll end up in eighth place. But I I think we'll shock a few teams this year and, and like, nobody's really given us any sort of time of day on Twitter when you look at like rival fans yeah. our name isn't really cropping up. We're like floating around the relegation places with some, but I don't think many people don't fancy us to go up, don't really fancy us to go down. I think we, they think we're going to be mid table mediocrity. But I think we're going to fright. I think we'll have a few thumpings this season by the way we're playing. But I think we'll also surprise a few as we're going along as well. Very good. Very good. I'll run through mine then. Player of the season, I think it's going to be Renamota. Disappointment of the season, I think, is going to be, I think, Abu Adams. I think, you know, we're yeah, already seeing my list. Yeah. He's not, he's not, you know, he's injured himself already, which is not his fault but it's disappointing I just think again how does he compete in that midfield when he's already going to have effectively five or six established people ahead of him um, so I wonder if that that will be um, his downfall top scorer I'm going to go Waters I've been impressed with him in pre-season I want him to come good so I'm just going to back him on that front and I think where Cardiff will finish I think we're going to finish 11th I think we're going to finish in the top half we'll be on the tail of the playoffs and then I think as Tom says we'll tail off a little bit with sort of eight, eight to ten games to go and we'll end up in that mid-table which I think I'd be happy with um, Ben, I think there's a pervading sense of excitement around the club at the moment, isn't there? Is this the most excited you've been about a season for a few years? 
Oh, definitely. It's very much, I think I said last week was the Malky, that first Malky era where sort of, it was just the unknown. It was not known what to expect. Um, so many new players, a completely new style. Just everything seems fresh right down to the kit. The new manufacturer, everything just seems like a completely fresh start that mm-hmm. the club's needed for probably two years, two, two and a half years. It sort of needed that rip up and start again. And we've got it now. We've been crying out for it. And I think full credit to everyone involved, sort of like the playing side of it. They've done wonders. They've given us that fresh start. Hopefully yeah. now it gives us it gives us what we want and sort of the club pushing on and progressing. Like I said, no, I don't think anyone's really expecting us to be in the playoffs come the end of the season or pushing for promotion. But just improvement and the development of the club is just really, really nice to see because we've been stagnating for so long. And if it carried on the way it was going, we were going the same way as Ipswich. It was only one way we were going there if we carried on the way we were. Tom, are you as excited as Ben? Or more excited? Do you know what I'd say? You're more excited. I, I'm, I'm really excited. And it's really interesting to see the vibe around other fans where everyone seems to be excited but thinks we'll finish mid-table, which is so different for us because we've had expectation on us now for like a decade. You know, we've gone up and down. We've always been in around that promotion picture. So it's, it's, a re, it's a completely new feeling around the club where they just want to see us playing decent football, where I think before, personally, I didn't care if we shit us 1-0 every game yeah. and won a game. But I think it is actually quite refreshing when you're, you're paying a decent amount in a current like hard climate as well. You want a bit of entertainment. I think we're a bit bored of, you know, just slogging, ga- yeah, slogging games. And I think that's why everyone's so buzzing from this pre-season. Um, what I would say, I think the only thing that's kind of keeping my excitement like under wraps a little bit. It's just the fact that we only played teams worse than us in pre-season. You look at other clubs and, you know, the likes of Norwich, for example, played like Marseille. And I think at the moment, we've only had a chance to test that one style of play where, you know, when we've got a lot of ball, we haven't been able to test ourselves against better opposition when we're not going to have that ball. So it'd be really interesting to have Norwich as that first game because I think it's going to be a real, real test because it might be a bit of a wake-up call for us. You know, it's all right playing four past the shit Swindon team and then suddenly you're playing the likes of Norwich and Sheffield United. You could get thumped. So I'm excited, but I'm trying to like keep it down a little bit until we have that real test. Ben, do you think, you know, taking Tom's point there, was it was it important that we did test ourselves? Or was it just important about getting our game plan and the way we play right, no matter who the op- opponent was? It's difficult. You can see both arguments, can't you? I think clearly what the team have done is gone, look, we need to implement it against lesser opposition so we know what we're doing when we've got the ball. Mm-hmm. And that probably is a fair point that a lot of these players have done a lot of stuff without the ball. The without the ball stuff, you could do a lot more in training. I guess they wanted to show this is what you need to do in a match in match situations. But it, it, again, it's always nice to have that big sort of last the, the, the big game yeah. at the end of preseason is always fun like if a team like Marseille turning up even if it's just a preseason friendly is always like a fun one yeah I think that might be more for the fans than anything else but um yeah I can see what I'm saying it's it's a it's a difficult one but I think I think the club ideally would have liked it as well but circumstances just haven't allowed though the pitch is just just about going to be ready for Saturday so they couldn't really host a big friendly and sort of go that way so mm-hmm. No clubs asking, no no club in league earners asking uh, Cardiff City to come along for a preseason friendly on a tour. Are they? they should Toulouse should have done it. Thank us for resealing. Um, I know they didn't actually sign him from us. That's the same. We're taking MK Dons, isn't it? Yeah, but he came from us originally. Um, and Connor's Key again a friendly as well, then are they? Yeah, they should. They should do the resealing <laughs> tour. Connor's Key, us and MK Dons. Lovely. Yeah, it sounds like a lovely. The fans would be chuffed. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, they're all nomads at heart. Um, Tom, I think you, you touched upon it. You know, there was there were times during yesterday's game where the fact you know the fans could see what's happening. They were, they were quite patient. How important is it? More important going into the season that the fans are patient. Like you say, there's going to be games. Norwich is like the ultimate test to start with, really, isn't it? Um, they're a, a proper proper Championship Premier League team who've been up and down. If our system works against them, they're brilliant. But it's it's just important that the fans have patience, isn't it? We need that Premier League mentality that the fans had, where we're going into games not expecting anything, and anything else is a bonus. I know there's a little bit more expectation than that, but we we never got on the players' backs when we we're in the Premier League. I yeah. don't think that attitude's going to be there. I think from even in the, even at Swindon, like there was a couple of people behind, just already the comments are typical fucking city and things like this. And I'm like, lads, this is pre-season. Like this three completely empty stands here. Like just calm it a little bit, and it'd be it'd be really interesting to see how long that good grace lasts with our fans mm-hmm. until you know if we lose a couple on the bounce. You know, Steve isn't the greatest in press conference in winning fans round, is he, with his chat? No. So let, let's see what happens. But I, I really, yeah, we need to be patient as a fan base. If that happens is another thing, though. I really can't see it happening. On that point, Ben, you know, we've got Morrison, who is a, still a novice manager at this level. Obviously, he's had the summer to build his team. Is it important that we're patient with him as much as it is the style of play? And does Morrison last the whole season? Yeah, he, like, we've got to be patient with him. He's a young manager. He's very hot-headed, as we've seen. But he's also himself got to learn to be more open to criticism. I think that's a big thing he's got to do. He's not the finished article. He's far from it. And sometimes his arrogance does... Well, his sort of confidence comes across as arrogant. Sort of, He comes across a bit entailed and feels like we shouldn't be questioning because he's Steve Morrison. It's like, look, we're asking questions. I don't think some of the questions last year that were asked were totally unjust. He seemed to have got a lot... And I mean a lot of free reign last year when some of the performances were really poor. So if all goes well, and I, I really want him to succeed. I really do. But I could either see him flying and succeeding and doing really well, but I can also see him self-destructing come Easter time as well. It's a really weird one with him, isn't it? Yeah, and you're right. I think his he needs to, yeah, he he to alter his attitude, but understand the position he's in. It's not, you know, he's a football manager. He's going to come under criticism, yeah, um, no, and that's just where he's going to be. It's not like McCarthy thing where look, there was bad feeling sort of when he came in from the start. I think most people want him to do well. They just want him to not be as much of a dick at times. Yeah, I think everyone's on his. Everyone's in his corner, right? Everyone. Yeah. This summer, there's not, you know. Every transfer he's made has been greeted with joy and you know appreciation for what he's doing. All the comments are that he's building something here. We're, we're, we're on his side. Um, he, he should be a bit more appreciative, really, shouldn't he, Tom? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, he came in, he did a good job last year. You know, he, but it's a clean slate now. You know, this this is like this is a new new start of the season. I think it's almost like a day one for him. So, yeah, hopefully, I I, th- I think he will wise up a little bit. You know, he can't carry on just, you know, calling out young players and stuff like that because that was a coward's way out in some of those games yeah. last season. Um, so it would be really interesting. But I, I wanted to succeed. Everyone's, it's the most united I've seen our fan base behind a manager because I, I, I think, think we're so. all just crying out for a little bit of success and a little bit of good football. So hopefully you can bottle some of that and use it rather than just alienating us and kind of making it out that we, we've never played the game, we don't know as much as him. I think that was just, it was the arrogance, I think, after some of the games last year where he thought we're not entitled to criticise him because we've never kicked the ball. So we've seen plenty of football games in our time and we know what's good and we know what's shit. So give us a bit of credit. 
So, yeah, hopefully he kind of winds his neck in a little bit when it comes to that sort of thing. The us feed them attitude is great, but he needs to bring the fans on side. part of the us. Definitely. We're not part of them. We need to all be sort of singing from the same hymn sheet going, look, we're, we all push in the same direction. It's us feed them, fans and players versus the rest of the world, not the players versus the rest of the world. I had a question then. Sorry. No, it's, it's going to come back to me, I think. Let me try and think. It was literally on the tip of my tongue when Tom... Ah, there was something about success? Um, you tell let us. me see if I can work backwards <laughs> from this. Uh, it was something about success. Ah, ethos. Ben, do you think people... You know, when Mick, when Mick McCarthy came in, it was about sacrificing that kind of long-term ethos and identity for what we were, were hoping was that short-term success of getting us back in the playoffs and maybe, you know, having that. Now we have Morrison. Do you think success is the necessary sacrifice for the ethos and identity that Morrison's building. There's no guarantee that we're going to get the playoffs this year to be promoted, whatever. It's probably further away than it has been in previous seasons. But it's about that ethos now, isn't it? And that should be the goal for the season is cementing that. Yeah, you're building so you got yet. for long-term success, not short-term success. It's a complete change in things. It's a step change, club. isn't it? Yeah, the club have been very, very focused. Let's be honest, for as long as Tan's been here, it's been very, very focused on the short-term success and short-term development year to year, not sort of the more long-term project, which I get is very hard in football. But the teams that succeed now are the teams that are planning long-term. You look at the success Brentford have had, it came at a detriment to begin with. You look at when they scrapped their reserve team, brought the B team in and sort of changed their way. But they're paying dividends now. There's loads of clubs that do that. So, yeah, I think the club know perhaps... Look, I, I can't imagine internally they're saying, look, we're not going to make the playoffs. I'd imagine every... That's the aim, isn't it? Every club in the division, probably apart from possibly Rotherham, are sort of looking at it going, realistically, the playoffs are an option this year. Mm. It's a very, very open open division this year. So, yeah, look, they're going to go for the playoffs and I, it'd be nice if we do, but it's not do or die, make the playoffs or this season's a write-off for the first time in a long time. Um, we know it's not going to be easy, Tom. Um, I think we, we've talked about, you know, we're changing the way we play and all this kind of stuff. But it's been very encouraging preseason, hasn't it? And I think Swindon yesterday was the the kind of the high point of all that, where everything just seemed to come together quite nicely in the way we attack and the way we put the ball together. We know it's not going to be easy, but it's just exciting going into the season, knowing that we're going to be playing a different way of football, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Because I think that's what, that's what we've been crying out for, isn't it? Like this type of football. And just, it is also, like Ben said, the, like, perfectly earlier on. I think everything's come together at the same time, the new kit, the new team, you know, and, and it's just, it's a fresh start for everyone, like on and off the pitch. We put the, you know, the bad, there was so much bad feeling when Mick McCarthy's there. We forget how yeah. just wretched it was for that, like six months beginning of the season. It was just turgid around the club. So I think everyone's just longing for that bit of success. And, and yeah, like you said, success is different this year. Success this year is just playing some decent stuff and get, picking up some results along the way. And yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no reason we can't be in and around the playoffs. You look at the likes of, you know, Huddersfield, who tipped to finish twenty third by many people last season. The likes of Luton on a shoestring budget. You know, they didn't really have an out and out striker who was banging in goals either. So like, there's ways and means again in that playoff picture by playing just decent stuff, being organised. And there's no reason why we can't be that side. It's the yeah. first time in a long time you look at the Championship table and you're not going. Oh my days! The three teams that are going to go that have come down are like you'd expect all three of them to be involved. 
Mm. Burnley are in massive transition. I think they'll do well. I think they've done re- they've been really, really smart with their appointment of company, and I think they're going to be up there, but it could easily go wrong for them. There's a lot of unknown with them. But you know, Nor- you- Norwich are probably the only team that have come down that sort of like are in a similar position. They've sort of they've done a Norwich again, and they've come down with the same squad and they'll build up yeah. and sort of be in and around there. Um, Watford are a basket case for a club. You read the interviews with some of the players. Dan Gosling came out and said it's the yeah. worst dressing room he's ever been a part of. And yeah, look, they don't seem to have sorted anything out. They've still got players and they're on 150, 200 grand a week. Yeah, and they're yeah. in the championship. Um, I think they're going to really, really struggle this year. They're not going to, they, even their fans aren't expecting them to do well this year because they're in such turmoil. So outside of that, it's just, it's open for everyone, really. It's just a fresh chance for everyone to have a go, and that should be really encouraging. Um, I was going to make the joke when he said it, but, you know, Burnley company, you know what, misery loves company, so it could be a bad year for Burnley. <laughs> um, Tom, final thing on season preview before we get to the fans' previews, of which there are fucking loads. Um, we've talked about it already. Obviously, we need a striker. Um, I think... There's a few names knocking about. I think there were, uh, we've been linked with someone from Everton today. Darren Whitcoop linked us with, I think his name's Ellis from Everton. I couldn't remember his full name. Um, how important is that striker going to be to our title charge? You've already mentioned there, you know, Luton perhaps didn't have an out-and-out striker last year. Um, when we went up, we didn't really have a, a striker who scored 20 goals. We, we had four or five players scoring 10 goals. Is it crucial that we get that striker or do you think we could mount a challenge without him? I think we can mount a challenge without it. I think... You know, with the amount of playmakers in that midfield, I think that was the one area we were all looking at, thinking, you know, we need a real refresh here. And that's why we were crying out for, like, just having a bit of consistency with roles, but bringing in, you know, people alongside him. But to be honest, like like you said earlier on, he might not be in the picture because we really mm-hmm. have done good business there. And I think, you know, with the likes of Ojo and stuff as well, we will have goals from elsewhere. I don't think it's massively essential because the way we're playing... You know, the, the balls would be playing to, you know, with the likes of Odauda, Waters, Ojo, Rinomoto, Sawyers, all of them chipping in with five, six, seven goals each, I think we'll do just fine. So I don't think it's as essential as I thought it was a few weeks ago. It, it'll help having one, but I don't think it's as, yeah, as burning an issue as it could have been. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Ben, is there anyone you'd like us to sign up front? Liam Delap makes so much sense to me, but I've just seen he's been linked with the 16 million pound move to Southampton. So it's 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 a re- and that's a 16 million pounds for a player that's played three Premier League games and two Champions League games. Yeah, it's and obscene. He's, he's only, what, 18. Yeah, it's obscene, isn't it? So that's market now. Like this is why that's why teams I guess will struggle to get that talent in now. When you know people who've had one game for a Premier League club or even sometimes made the bench once are going for like twenty million pounds. Yeah. What chance have you got below the top level? It's mad. It's and literally someone's... just hope someone comes good. Like you, you sort of hoping for that gem that you've not heard of coming through yeah. and they have their breakthrough season. I'm looking. He's played nine games and scored four goals across the FA Cup, EFL, Europe, and other games for Manchester City, basically. Nine games, four goals, and he's dealing with a sixteen million pound move. Sixteen million pound for another Premier League club, like a mid-table Premier League club. It's he was he is from Winchester though, which isn't far from Southampton, so maybe he wants to go home. And he was born on the eighth of February two thousand and three. There's no way he should be paying that amount of money for a man born in two thousand and three. <laughs> he's still nine years old in my head. Yeah, he's born. Yeah, he's born after the World Cup in two thousand two, um, so which is only last year. If if he brings if he comes in, there's players then sort of open up. Like we're looking at a lot of youngsters, but perhaps like that sort of Hugo-esque figure comes in 
And if Southampton bring in another striker, that does leave it open for someone like Adam Armstrong yeah, comes yeah. free. Yeah, he's another. I think I, I'd ideally go for like it's either someone like Delap or Adam Armstrong on loan, and then it's someone like Cole Stockton, because uh, I think we still need another striker beyond what we've got. You know, we can't. You know, Harris, like I said, we can't rely on him. Isaac Davis, still not really sure if he's a winger or a striker, even he's injured at the moment. Either way, so if you get someone like Delap and Stockton, and you've got a a League One striker who banged them in last year and then a youngster, they're good for 10 goals each, probably. I think Kroll has sort of changed that thinking in the club's mind. Maybe he has as well, yeah, uh, I forget about Kroll. That person that's come in, because yeah. again, scored again today against Hereford. Um, yeah, he's another option there, another youngster that's sort of, I don't All think the, the club... Exp- on the door. Yeah, I don't think the club are expecting him to come through as quickly as he was, to be honest, but um, that perhaps changes things slightly and gives us another body, but it might be something they look at again in January for another striker. But I think one has to come in just in case because like yeah. one injury to Waters and we're really, really struggling then. Up shit creek without a paddle. Um, well, without Waters, really. Um, we asked the fans, our Twitter followers, um, for their season previews and we were inundated with season previews. So this might take me a little while to read them through. You're not reading all of them, are you? I'll read. I'll pick. I'll pick. I'll pick the selection. There's, about, there's, there's nearly hundred. There's, there? there's over eighty, I think, replies. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's there's a lot going on here. So I'll pick. I'll pick a few, and then what I was going to do is I'm going to compile the answers and try and work out a majority vote from across the fans. And Big then we ways. Can, what's that? Say that again. Big ways from you there. That's very intricate from you. Thank you very much. Um, I've been doing a lot of thinking um, this last week, <laughs> trying to up my performance, really, when it comes to things like spreadsheets. Um, so hopefully I'll compile all these answers into a spread. And I say this, uh, I have grand designs over this kind of stuff. And then I get to a week later and I go, oh, fuck, I haven't done it. Um, it's really so, interesting. I, like from what I saw early on. There's some there's themes. A, there's a, but there's a really interesting name that's popped up in one of the categories that I think we should talk about later. Go on, Ben, tell, tell us what it is. No, we'll do it when we come to it. For, for disappointment is a um, interesting name that keeps on that popped up a lot. Oh, okay. Is it Sawyer's? No. Don't do spoilers now. Come on. Do, oh, do fine. It. All right. So let's, I'll just get into some reading some of them, um, and then we'll we'll discuss the thing that Ben's kind of being cryptic about. Uh, you know, uh, Paul Grono, uh, friend of the pod, player of the season, Reno, disappointment of the season, Sawyer's. See Sawyer's. Can wear Cardiff will finish thirteen. Top scorer yet to arrive. Uh, Infinity Rocket Plastics. He says player of the season will be Sawyer's. Disappointment will be Colwell because he's unable to get a run of games. We'll finish 11th and our loan signing is also yet to arrive. Mark Carter, other friend of the pod. Player of the season, Wintle. Disappointment, narrowly missing the playoffs. Uh, where we'll finish 7th. Top scorer, Ojo. Uh, still not a genius. Player of the season, Waters. Disappointment of the season. There will be no disappointment. Finish 9th. Top scorer, Waters. Um, Rob, there'll be no disappointment we- finish ninth <laughs> <laughs> um, Rob Wintle so important to new system for player of the year disappointment Ojo he's only 25 uh, 25 and only really had one decent season that was with us ninth I'd like and then his top scorer he'd like it to be Waters um, James player of the season Wintle disappointment of the season Harris where we'll finish fourth that is optimistic mon frere top scorer Waters Luke Richards Player of the season, Ruben Colwell. Disappointment of the season, Oli Tanner. Not because I think he's a bad player, but I think some people have hyped him up so much in preseason he won't live up to their expectations. It's a good point. Mm. Finished 10th, top scorer, Waters. Gonzo McKenzie, player of the season, Rinomota. Disappointment, Isaac Davis's hamstrings. Finish 11th, top scorer, James Kroll. 
Uh, you and Barber, Winter will be his player of the season. Um, disappointment this season will be McGuinness because of his lack of ability on the ball. He won't play much. He thinks he'll finish 14th. Top scorer will be Waters. Um, first name that I'm seeing this guy get called up for player of the season, James Brook, player of the season, O'Dowder. Disappointment of the season, Harris. Where Cardiff will finish, comfortably sixth, top scorer, Waters. Breakthrough season will show everyone why we spent that £1 million. Uh, James Roberts, player of the season, Ryan Wintle, been immense in pre-season, can see him continuing his run throughout the season. Disappointment. I like to think everyone does well. Where we'll be finishing, 12th. That's what we just want, the boys to have a nice time. We'll finish 12th. Need to trust the process as hard as that may be. And our top goal scorer will be Max Waters. Um, ONG says our player of the season, Sawyers. Disappointment, the fans and realist expectations being fickle with Waters. Finish 11th, top scorer will be Waters or another new striker. Sam Hill, player of the season, Ruben Colwell. Let the man flourish, he's a superstar. Disappointment, Marlon Romeo. Don't think he's good enough at right back in this system as our starting right back. League finish, here's one for you, Tom. Plucky eighth as always. And then top scorer, Shea Ojo. Lee Spear, player of the season, Wintle. Disappointment of the season, Colwell, just not his fault, but I don't see Morrison giving him the game time. Where will finish 13th, top scorer, Waters. Longshank, Stew, player of the season, Wintle. Disappointment of the season, the pie and pint offers at the CCS. Where <laughs> Cardiff will finish, plucky eighth again. Top scorer, someone we haven't signed yet, or if we don't, Waters. K49745, Rinomoto, player of the season. Uh, disappointment, Romeo, finish 10th, top scorer, Colwell. Uh, Alid Williams, player of the season, Wintle. Disappointment, Colwell Davis. They won't get as much game time as they've done previously. We'll finish 14th, Waters will be our top scorer. Tim Burns, he says, oh, Dowder for player of the season. Disappointment, Alsop. We'll finish 11th and Waters will be our play, um, top goal scorer. Ben Thomas, player of the season. Sawyer's got the ability to be the main source of creation. Disappointment, certain fans who expect us to turn to prime Barcelona in one season. Mistakes will happen and it's how we want to play. Give them time. We'll finish in 15th. That's the lowest one I've seen so far. And our top scorer will be Waters. Uh, a Bluebird legend thinks our player of the year will be Jamalou Collins. A disappointment will some fans expecting big things and then getting on the players back. It's going to take time. 11th, new striker, if not Ojo for top scorer. Alan Griffiths, he thinks Tanner will be our player of the season. Guido Bergstaller will be our di biggest disappointment. Uh, it's a throwback. Uh, we'll finish first and Tanner will be our player of the season. But he actually follows up and says, no disappointments from Steve Silky Blues. So named the first player to come into my head. Daniel Morgan, player of the season, Wintle. Disappointment, Harris's. Have we got two Harris's? Top scorer, Rubin, and we'll finish in plucky eighth. Um, disappointing that you didn't ask us a question there. Uh, Ryan, friend of the pod, says top score, uh, player of the season will be Wintle. Disappointment, losing both derbies again. We'll finish in 10th, and our top scorer will be Ojo. Uh, Nathaniel Hines says Waters is our player of the season. McGuinness's disappointment will finish sixth. Waters our top scorer. Paul Brinkworth says Bale, Bale, 18th and Bale. Um, Gareth Gardner, Sawyer's player of the year, Romeo disappointment, sixth finish, Waters top scorer, Nathan Reese, NG for player of the season, disappointment, Harris will finish 10th to 15th, and Waters will be our most uh, top scorer. Um, and the final one from you on my card, if goes Wintle, player of the season, McGuinness disappointment, will finish ninth, and Ojo will be top scorer. So, real cross section there of the fans' opinions, Ben. What did you spot that you now want to talk about? McGuinness being the disappointment for a lot of people. For a bloke that hasn't played pre-season and was arguably our best defender last year, even though he did drop off towards the end, I find really interesting that everyone's sort of gone, yep, he's going to be the one that's sort of going to be the letdown. I found it really, really interesting. Like I saw one, I was like, oh, that's a bit odd. And then more and more. 
because I think people forget that he's 22, 21, mm-hmm. 22. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just found it really mad, the amount of people that were like, McGuinness is going to be the disappointment. It's and just... I- but I can see the reason in to, to an extent, but for me, it's like, it, we're all talking about patience and sort of talking about that. And then you go, Nimbus going to be the one that's going to let us down. It's sort of, he's, he's not that bad on the ball. He's not. No, and this is what I was going to say. And when he signed for us, a lot of Arsenal fans said he's actually really good on the ball. Yeah. It's just, I think last year he wasn't allowed to play that way. No, I think he's going to really surprise you if you've sort of written him off because I rate him, I really do. I think he's a future captain for the club and a really, really good long-term prospect. So yeah, I just found it really that was the one that really surprised me. There's loads of sort of other shouts that sort of you can sort of see. But the McGuinness shout was like, I was like, oh, okay, that's really interesting for me. Tom, is it is it purely because he hasn't played as much in preseason? And it seemed I think that Morrison clearly favours whoever he's been starting in, in these games and McGuinness hasn't, he might have been injured, you can't remember. But he's he clearly he clearly favours NG now at centre half because NG seems to be his go-to. Keeper has come in on loan, and it's a bit like, well, you wouldn't sign someone like that on loan if you're not going to play him. Do you think that's where the disappointment shout comes from? I think so. Then you see him lining up in the Hereford game rather than you know the Swindon one. I think people have just jumped into conclusions. I think you know, a bit of it is that Morrison wants to see the people he's brought in as well. You know, he's, yeah. he's, he's you know, he's seen plenty of McGuinness last year. We know what he's capable of. We know what his limitations are as well. So test the other lads. So, you know, we can read into preseason as much as we, as we want. It'll be completely different in three or four games time. So I think, yeah, I'm going to reserve my judgment on it. But I, I agree with, you know, Ben says about him, potential future captain. You know, he, he's, came, he's come through at Arsenal. He's going to be a decent footballer with the ball at his feet. I think, yeah. yeah, give 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 the boy a bit of time. I, I'm, I'm sure he'll do absolutely fine this year and, and, and maybe surprise a few. He just burnt out last season, I think. It was yeah. such a tough slog for him. He was working his nuts off, covering a lot of sort of ground. I don't think he's ever played as much football as he did last season and playing at the highest level he's played that consistently. So, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I wouldn't rule him out and write, write him off just yet. I think there's an important player there. I think he's going to have a good year for us. Was there anything else from that, Tom? Obviously, Ben spotted that. Was there anything that stood out for you? I, I just think everyone, just the, the Wintle loving. Um, yeah. I think I think we're all coming around to thinking, look, this, this is a cracking player here. And I think a lot of what we do will revolve around him, like having a good performance. You know, he's just solid. He knows a pass. You know, he's composed on the ball. And I think, I know I said Sawyer's earlier on, but I think, you know... I, if Wintle has a strong season, I think he's everyone's obvious choice for player of the year, isn't he? Well, I wrote, um, I did a four four two season preview again this year, and I'd forgotten I'd written it until it came out, in, and I got it from the newsstands today. And um, I actually, I think I said for our most underrated player is Ryan Wintle, and my reasoning was that everyone says he's underrated each week, so I got to go with the consensus, <laughs> which I think was my wittiest answer. Um, and I, it's true. I think, I think, like I said earlier, he's moving from being underrated because I think so many people each week would go in everything that Wintle does contributes to the good stuff and like he makes us tick in a really interesting way but I think it's it's obvious now that that's happening so everyone's going to recognize him as he's going to move from that underrated category to our rated category and I think he showed yesterday just how good he is like he was getting forward and I've not really seen that from him before he scored a really good goal there was some really nice he's very good on the ball he gets stuck in he was captain yesterday which I know is a preseason game and obviously probably because um I, I you know if Rawls is going to be our club captain but doesn't play, I wonder who'll be the secondary captain. It could be Wintle. Um, and I think that's a really a, a real high praise from Morrison that that's the case. It's interesting they haven't announced that, isn't it? Because of, I know Morrison's technically still a Cardiff player, but um, 
Yeah, it's just it's, it's, it's going to be like roles will be what they used to have was like a club captain, then a team captain, right? Exactly. Like roles will be club captain, which means that he's the the focal point in the dressing room for things like negotiations on bonuses and things like that. But I think the team captain could well be someone like Wintle. It could well be someone like Sawyer's. Um, it just depends where, where Morrison goes with that. Oh, the other the sense. other great point was the pie and pint offer being the most disappointing. Yeah. So much truth in that. <laughs> Love that answer. It's pathetic. Tom, you're about to jump in with something. I think I think it's on Twitter. Did like the commentary team say something? Like Wintle's probably the one who's going to drop out of that middle three. I I I, I don't yeah. know what the comment was or whether that was right or not. But uh, Mark I, Denham was saying um, he was t- the people he spoke to and the stuff he's seen on Twitter he, that a lot of fans seem to think uh, if you when you're playing that three man midfield that Wintle's the bloke that drops out. And okay. that's the exact opposite to any sort of feedback I've seen from any Cardiff City fan on Twitter. To me, he's, the, he's the first name yeah. on the team sheet in that yeah. midfield three. He's literally, well, even that, he's the first name on the team sheet throughout this question. Yeah, that's over every other position, you saw, from goalkeeper right through to striker. I think it's the only bloke I'm like, he's the only player that I'd say 100% is nailed on starter if he's fit. But that's what's interesting, yeah. right? Because that's someone from in the club. Like, you might not be anywhere near it. But has he heard something to give that comment? I, you know, I think might be reading a little bit too much into it. There. It's probably just his opinion. But it's, it, it is really interesting to see someone say openly saying that on a club channel as well. So, yeah, let's see what happens. No, I just think it's interesting. The head of communications at the club has sort of misread everything the fans are saying, to be honest. But, you know. Say, so I really think that, Ben. Um, <laughs> let's get to the, the most important thing now, which is the first game of the new championship season next Saturday at home at the CCS. Welcoming relegated Norwich. Um, obviously, Dean Smith is now their manager, which I totally forgot yesterday. Well, we were, we were like, it's Farker, it's Farker. No, it's, it's Dean Smith, lads. It's Dean Smith. You couldn't get much tougher for a first game, could it, Ben? No, but also, is it possibly the most ideal t- time to play classic, Norwich? At classic home? cliche. Yeah, it's just they, they come down, they sort of, they'll be low on confidence. All of that, all <laughs> of that works. It's definitely yeah. not going to happen when they beat us 6 0. But. Um, yeah, it's they're still a weird one for me because they never really seem to find their flow under Smith. They pick up a good result, yeah, and yeah. then go on a terrible run. So um, I'm hoping they sort of continue that inconsistency and sort of yeah, just sort of struggle to begin with. I think they'll be up there towards the end of the season. You look at their squad; they've um, cut out a lot of deadwood and sort of brought in some good players. Um, so yeah, I think they'll be there or thereabouts. But yeah, it's for me, it's it's a tough, tough start, but. If you're gonna play Norwich, you may as well get them out of the way. Yeah, and, and we get to see that beautiful, beautiful kit very early on, which I'm very excited about. It is a nice kit. Um, I was just looking at their their Wikipedia, Tom. They've only signed two players so far this year: Isaac Hayden uh, on loan from Newcastle and Gabriel Sara from Sao Paulo. But they've kept people like they've got Todd Cantwell back. Whether he'll play, I don't know. They've got Jordan Hugill back, and he seems thinking that he might get a chance against us on Saturday. They've still got people like Josh Sargent, Timo Puki, who looked good or have looked good in the last few years. Um, where do you see them doing this year? Ben says he thinks he'll be up, up there, thereabouts at the end of the season. Do you think they're a shoe in for promotion? I think they'll win it. I think they're doing their usual thing, haven't they, where they're you know, so bad in the Premier League that nobody wants any of their players. They keep hold of the team and then they'll be threatening to go straight back up again. I think, you know, they've got... A, They've got a really good squad. There's depth there. You know, they've got like three, possibly four decent keepers, for example. Like, there's just, it just kind of oozes with like top end championship, bottom end Premier League players. And it's going to be a tough test. And as much as it is a cliche, I agree with Ben. I'd rather play them now, maybe catch them a little bit cold. 
uh, before they get a bit ahead of steam because you know that's the type of team that may end up battering us if it's further on into the season. So, yeah, you know, I, I'm going into the game relatively optimistic in terms of I think we might push them, but I like I will be completely disappointed or disheartened if we lose it two or three four nil to be honest. Ben, the team that starts for Cardiff is it the same team that started the game yesterday? Yeah, I think it has to be, doesn't it? That look to me right now with all the players sort of that have been involved in preseason, that looks the strongest squad we've got. I think Alsop's clearly the number one. Sort of he seems the most comfortable playing with the ball at his feet. The defense, I really like the look of that. Possibly you look at swapping the right backs. Does Romeo start? Is it Campbell? Mm-hmm. But the centre backs for me, NG and uh Kipre makes sense. And then Collins at left back, really, really solid. Um Midfield again, I wouldn't change a thing. They were excellent. And then it's wingers, you pick and choose. I think it's going to be chop and change like the rest of the season anyway. But for me, they're the guys that start. Tom, it won't yeah. be all our own way. Um, we know this. Is it how important is it that we stick to our guns in our, this first game? I think that'll be the interesting one. If we do concede a goal or two early doors, do we stick to that plan? Do we become disheartened? Do we? suddenly start lumping balls because I think we, we are lacking height throughout that team. I think, you know, we saw from our like corner routines and stuff, we're not going to be lumping the ball into the box very often. Um, mm. I think we may struggle defensively in that respect as well. So it'd be, yeah, it'd be really interesting if we do stick to that ethos when, you know, it's backs against the wall stuff, but you know, I, I, and I think about, yeah, with the starting lineup, I think Ben's bang on. I think, I think it will be the same starting lineup again. And I think it is good that we've got that depth with wingers as well because they're the type of players who burn out. I think we saw that with Ojo when he was here in our last, you know, his last spell where after a few games, I think he needed a bit of a rest, but we had no one to come in. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's promising. So, no, I think you know, we, we, might, we might surprise a few on Saturday. Fingers crossed. Go on then, Ben. Give us your score prediction. I'd be, I'd be delighted with a draw, but I think it's going to be 3-1 Norwich. Tom? 3 1. Yeah. I'm going to go. We're going to win 2 0. Just do a positive pod, lads. I said it was going to be a positive pod, and I'm going to stick to it. 2 0. I think it's a free hit, though, isn't it? It's, it's more yeah. about the performance in this game than it is yeah. about the result. The results are more important after this game for me. It's sort of you going up against, it's Reading next, isn't it? After this, Reading away. Yeah, yeah. And like, realistically, looking at the position they're in with their squad. I'd be more concerned if we didn't have these performance against them and sort of played poorly. I know we're going to preview it next week, but yeah, this is a free hit and sort of just, yeah, no expectations. I think the players can go out and sort of, which I think will be playing in our favour with a massive underdog in this, just go out and sort of see what we can do. See, I, truly see where we are. I think it's a big opportunity to set the tone for the season as well. Yeah. And I think that if we do get a result from it, I think that that gives us a bounce then. It gives the fans a bounce. And as that expectation rises a little bit more. So like, like it won't be disastrous if we lose it, and, and even if we comfortably lose it. But it, like like Ben said, it is a free hit and a real opportunity to put, set our stall out nice and early, and you know get some of the other teams in the league to look look at us and think, oh, they're a bit more of a threat than we give them credit for. Yeah, it's, I agree. It's looking like it's a big crowd as well. I think it's close. To, it's, it'll be well over twenty thousand there, thirteen thousand yeah. season ticket sales. But and when I look, the Canton was pretty much all sold out. The Ninian's got not a huge amount of availability. So, look, I think it's going to be first game of the season. The weather's been nice recently. The fans are there. Again, it's just their job to stay calm and not go too over the top if things don't start going our way, especially in the first 15 minutes. So don't rip up the seats after the first 15 minutes and boom, is what you say. Ideally, yeah. 
Someone will, though. Um, looking beyond Norwich, we've already touched upon it there. Um, we're playing Reading the following week. Um, I've, I've kind of listed the first six fixtures here, and I think it's just a, important to to understand how we're going to set the tone for the season, Ben. We've got Norwich, Reading, Birmingham, West Brom, Bristol City, Preston. Apart from Norwich, there's nothing there that really worries me. Is that a fair summation, Ben? Yeah, but I think that reflects the league, doesn't it? You, they're going to be thinking the same coming to us. It's a very, very open league. No, There's no real standout. It might come to a stage like in a few months in, into the season there's someone running away with it, but it could quite easily be from 1st to 15th come March. Teams are all within a shout of it. Um, yeah. Reading probably not going to be in the amount they sort of looking at wins there. But yeah, the rest of it, you'd be confident picking up points for all those games, really. We expect hope to. Tom, those first six games, how many points are we going to get? Um, Possible 18. That's three times six, so... 10? 10? Does that constitute success for you? Oh, 100%. Yeah, definitely. I think... I think we've got to be looking to beat teams, even away from home, the likes of Reading. Um, you know, then playing Birmingham, they're a bit of a basket case at the moment as well. Um, and then just West Brom, the pressure's on from their fans. They massively underachieved last season. And, you know, we, we went there last year and when we were underperforming as well and got a draw. And mm. the atmosphere of that ground turned very, very quickly. Toxic. It was, it was, it was one of the most toxic ones I've been in. So I think, you know that's a good opportunity to set, set up for a draw at least. And so, yeah, 10 points, and I'd be over the moon if we got that, definitely. It's already yeah. toxic at West Brom. You look, they've brought players in. They've brought some really exciting players in, you expect them to do well, but the fans do not like Bruce. Yeah. Third favourites, West Brom. With, I've, I find that astonishing because, yeah, they're, they're, in a, they're a bit of a basket case at the moment. Ben, out of those first six games, what, how many points do you think we're going to get? 10 points in the, through to the next round of the Carabao Cup would be a lovely. Oh, yeah, the... yeah. Little cup run, yeah. Yeah, I did avoid the Portsmouth game, the Marlon Pack derby. Um, I think I think we'll get I think eleven points. I think we'll we'll win a couple of games, draw a couple of games, and probably lose to Norwich. Um, I think it's gonna be up and down. Let's start with. It's, I think so. It's not gonna click every game. Things are gonna go wrong. Mistakes are gonna happen, and we're gonna go up against teams that sort of unknowns as well. There's a lot of teams that have really changed. You look at Hull. Like if you ask their fans, they're winning the league comfortably. Yeah, yeah. They've got a lot of players coming in from. I think it's a lot of players from Turkey and stuff, isn't it? That sort of. Yeah, they got that. They just signed um, the Ghanaian guy Tete. Um, they could. They could fly. Like they really striker. could do really well, but they could quite easily fucking nosedive as well. So but again, it's it's, it's, the, it's that expectation, isn't it? Yeah. If Hull all of a sudden lose a couple of games and their fans are expecting the world, if they lose a couple of games, that you know they they might have a trigger happy manager who's happy to sack a manager if the the fans get on his back. Um. Either way, either way, it's going to be exciting. The championship season starts on Saturday. Uh, Cardiff versus Norwich at the CCS. And that's it for this week's pod. Uh, thanks for joining us once again. Ben, Tom, it's a pleasure as always. Ben, what was your favourite bit? Um, enjoyed talking about the exciting season to come. Just really enjoyed chatting football with you boys. Oh, that's lovely. Tom? Yeah, same. Just hearing Ryan Wintle's name being read out over and over again for about five minutes. It's quite, I enjoyed right. that bit a bit.
Despite how many times he's mentioned it, he is and he's still and will always be underrated. Underrated, <laughs> underrated. Every week, every week, fans will be like, I think he's I think he's underrated, but Ryan Wintle. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening. Once again, if you like what we do, twitter.com forward slash the FT Ninian, you can follow us there. If you like us, what we do so much that you want to give us some money, ko-fi.com forward slash the FT Ninian. We do this for the love, not the money. Um, and we just need some money to do our running costs and stuff like that. So if you could donate, that'd be lovely. Um, no obligation because we still do this anyway, because we just love talking football. Ben, Tom, thanks for joining me once again. Again, I'll see you next week when we'll have secured our first three points of the season and we'll be sitting pretty at the top of the league. Ta-da! They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the Ninian with views from the Ninian not shoes from the Ninian the view from the Ninian